Hi, I'm Ian Mayer from Chatswood Toyota. 25 years ago or thereabouts, I played in a corporate golf day for Cerebral Palsy Alliance. And I was just so impressed with with the, the organization and the cause. And so after the golf event, I went up and said to them that, you know, if they needed a bit of help, you know, fundraising, I'd be happy to join. And um, I guess, you know, the rest is history. And now we've got a an event that we sponsor and uh, with, a, with a committee that I chair, we raise over a million, uh, a million dollars a year now for, uh, for Cerebral Palsy Alliance. I know that they are very passionate about mobility and the fact that they have supported the Olympics and now supporting the Paralympics and assisting certain athletes via sponsorship. I think that, you know, Toyota aren't like a fair with a friend. They're, they're there for the long haul. Of course, I just can't wait for the Australian Paralympic team to do great things over in Beijing. Hey, Georgie. Yeah. Did you hear? Yeah, what? Did you hear that we're back? We're what? We're back! No one tell me! <gasps> you little ripper is back for another run! We're covering all of the Winter Paralympics in Beijing and it's gonna be huge! I've, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Kurt, we have not been chatting since the Summer Paralympics. So this is very exciting for me. There's so much for us to talk about. This is getting the band back together, Georgie. And for everyone else, hi, I'm Kurt Fernley, former Paralympian, and I'm broadcasting from a wonderful country. That's right. If you don't know who we are, I'm Georgie Tunney, Newshound and Paralympic Games Tragic. I'm broadcasting from Gadigal country, and it's so good to be here. We are only a few days away from the Paralympic Games in Beijing, the Winter Paralympics. Georgie, what are you looking forward to seeing? I'm looking forward to seeing the para-alpine skiing. I know it's something that our Australian team, our Australian athletes, we seem to be pretty bloody good at. Is that a good summary, Kurt? Um, I'm pretty sure that pretty bloody good at it is the perfect summary. Anything that it seems to go downhill and fast Australia goes okay. It doesn't make sense in my head though. So for people who do not know, get excited because the para-alpine skiing, from what I can understand, Kurt Fernley, correct me if I am wrong, but it is people who have a vision impairment or a physical impairment and then they are basically just throwing themselves down an incredibly steep mountain at incredibly fast speed. Uh, that about sums it up. Uh, it's usually point your everything down the hill and you go fast as buggery until you get to the bottom. That's the technical <laughs> but, we do, <laughs> but we do have some real stars in there. The Australian Paralympic movement has had a great history of success through the uh, through the alpine and the downhill. Um, but one of my favourite sports, is, which you've got to check out, is the sledge hockey. It is rough as rough could be, and it's just one of the most exciting games that you can watch. It's kind of like wheelchair rugby from the summer games, but you're doing it on ice with blades. Oh, God, <laughs> Kurt Fernley, I remember us and our reactions watching the wheelchair rugby at the Paras, the Summer Paralympic Games. So if that's what sledge hockey is like, I mean, good luck to us because we will not have any nerves left if we are watching <laughs> that event. Like that's that going to be insane. 
That is exactly what it's like. And it's something that you just have to watch. Once you watch it for the first time, you'll become an addict and you'll have to keep tuning in. There's also wheelchair curling. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the Chinese team are defending champions there. It's going to be the competition that stops the nation. Uh, And it's also, I can't describe it. Like you've seen curling before, right, Georgie? I have. Of course I have. Now put yourself in a wheelchair and push on ice. Okay, fun fact, fun fact time, fun fact time, you little ripper. Welcome back. Here we go. I have never, I don't even know what it's called, ice skiing? No, ice skated. (laughs) I've never ice skated before. Like I've never been on an ice rink. I've never gone skiing. So when I say that I am looking forward to what these athletes do, I bloody mean it because it just seems unfathomable to me. It seems incredible I don't know how any anything gets done because I just can't even think about even stepping on ice and staying upright look I've did a little bit of downhill I've jumped in a sit ski it is incredible amazing the core strength and the skill to be able to do what these guys do honestly it still blows my mind though and this is a bit of an admission (laughs) I have been on an ice rink before what uh but it involved me pushing past security jumping onto the ice rink, taking as long a push as I could, sliding, going the wrong way, twirling out. Hang on, <laughs> and then, hang on. And hang then on. getting asked to leave not only the ice rink but the entire venue. So hang on, I'm more I need more pro. I need more information here, Kurt Fenley. I need more information. What do you mean you were jumping onto the ice rink? Why? What were you doing there? What was happening? Was this for a dare? Was it for money? I can't elaborate any further Prestige. because I would like to get a visa back into the country that, <laughs> that I'm talking about. <laughs> Look, I had to have a go. I don't know. I saw an ice rink. There was an open door. I thought that meant I could go in. Security had other re- other kind of ideas about the whole thing. What we're saying is that we're not the most uh, the, the the most experienced with the uh, the, the winter sports. <laughs> But hell, I'm looking forward to it because, again, we're about to write a new chapter in the Paralympic movement. And will we see, for the very first time, an Australian woman coming home with the Winter Paralympic gold medal? Georgie, will we? I think we will. I think we have such a great chance because Mel Perrine is in this team. I think she's the triple-time Paralympian. And... She won two bronze medals at the last games in Pyeongchang. She is a co-captain this time around with Ben Tudhope. And I think that she can do it. She's so determined. She has a new guide. She is in the para-alpine skiing. And I think there is absolutely nothing getting in her way. Of course, there will need to be some luck on the day, as there always is. But she's just so damn determined and possibly... That co-captaincy, you've been a co-captain before, Kurt, possibly that co-captaincy may be that next little push to take her to the top of the podium. You know what, it's one of those opportunities to be able to go there and come home with a gold medal as the captain. It, it, I, I think it's one of those opportunities that you um, oh, you, you dream of having on the day. Uh, it, we're talking about co-captains. We need to mention Ben Tutto. Mm. He is a legend. He's like everyone's little brother. You meet him for five minutes and you want to adopt him. <laughs> He's a lovely guy. He'll be competing as well. My favourite image from 2018, from the period mm-hmm. previous Paralympic Games, is him getting so excited about Simon Patmore's 
gold and he runs over and gives Simon the biggest hug and we were all Ben Hutt Hope on that day uh, and, and it was a an image that really defined the Paralympic movement, the Australian Paralympic movement because of the joy that you get from your fellow Paralympians nailing it. Uh, but we have so many people coming up. We're going to get as many Australians as we can on the show. We're going to try and reach into the other teams as well and try and uh, see whether or not we can have a yarn to Paralympians from around the world. Uh, but we need to do a special shout out, I think, because John T. O'Callaghan, he won't be competing in the 2022 Winter Paralympics. He had a serious crash in Austria last week and has been up, had to come home. He's he, he's okay. I touched base with him to, to see whether or not he's uh, he's recovering. He's had surgery. He is, he is feeling better. And also we're going to make sure that we cross to John T. sometime through the Paralympics as well. How tough is that, Kurt? I mean having such a serious injury just rule you out at just the, the wrong time like of all the times that you can be injured in your career the week before a Paralympics is just it does it does it hurt that little bit more when I found out I just was broken for him mm. you know like you trained for four years like four years of your life and and our winter guys, they they live and breathe this, you know, mm. because they are doing what is quite a risky sport. So they spend mm -hmm. their life chasing this. And it's it's not like a job. <laughs> this is something that you live, you breathe, you put everything in for that one competition every four years and to get yeah. so close. Um, but so far, I <laughs> just just so painful for him. We have a really special guest for everyone to meet today, Ron Finneran. Kurt, can you explain to us just why he is so important to the Paralympic <sighs> Winter Paralympic movement in particular? Ron Finneran is one of those people that create a sport, <laughs> create a culture. Uh, in the Summer Paralympics, we've got this huge kind of... Um, uh, a, a, a movement back to the 96, 1960s with Uncle Kevin Coombs. Um, mm -hmm. In the Winter Paralympics, Ron Finneran through the 70s and the early 80s really drove Winter Paralympic sport in this country. Uh, it, it's so amazing to speak to our founders. It's so amazing that we live in a, in a movement that we can connect the newest Paralympian with the first Paralympian. Mm -hmm. um, I was so excited that I was able to speak to, uh, speak to him a little earlier on uh, about what the Paralympic movement means to him. When I firstly got, got into skiing, uh, the Paralympic movement was furthest from my mind. I was more interested in, in learning how to ski, develop my skills and take it from there. It wasn't until I competed in Sweden or was involved in Sweden back in 1976 that uh, I realised that Australia had had uh, no no input uh, as far as disabled sport was concerned, particularly on the winter side. And it was from that uh, my interest grew. What's your favourite memory of those initial years? The initial, the, the forgetting the learning years, the initial year was uh, seeing and being exposed to a lot of uh, amputee uh, skiers uh, on steep slopes and negotiating them with great ease. And I, I was absolutely fascinated by that. But also the, the primary 
thing that kept me involved with my sport was feeling the wind going through my hair as I was uh, as I was skiing, and that that kept me involved very much. So, was there events for people with polio then, or was it just those first um, couple of Paralympic Games, or was it just a limited field? No, it was there was nothing there for people with polio or other types of disabilities, uh, cerebral palsy, etc., in in relation to winter sports uh, in those early years. And it wasn't until we were well into the 80s and uh, early 90s that it expanded to the point where uh, several disability types were included. What do you think about now when you see the you know, Michael Milton's, Toby Kane's, Mitch Gawley's, you know, that, that are becoming, you know, household names in Australia in, para, in Paralympic sport. Absolutely uh, fascinated and, and in awe of what those guys could, could do. Uh, I recall uh, being at the bottom of the slalom slope when Michael Milton won his first slalom gold in Albertville, France. Just, just, just seeing Michael do what he did, uh, and with the tag of Australia on his, on his jacket, was enough to, uh, to enthuse me to take further steps forward to establish establish the the sport or winter sports for people with disabilities in this country. What are your hopes for the Paralympic movement going forward when it comes to the the Winter Paralympics? The blending of winter Paralympians or potential winter Paralympians in with Snow Australia, uh, the elite uh, Olympic skiers is very encouraging. Uh, Developing winter sports athletes need to spend time at the resorts in Australia and then overseas developing their skills before they can compete and compete successfully. That, That is the storybook of Michael Milton's and the Toby Kane's Michael Norton's, the David Monks, the Roddy Hakens, all those guys did the hard yards and uh, the end result was outstanding successes. So I would like to see uh, further development between organisations like Disabled Winter Sport Australia and the Paralympic movement uh, in winter sports in particular. Is there a favourite memory that you've got of watching the Paralympic movement in develop over the last, what, there's uh, 40 years in the Winter Paralympic movement? Yes, uh, several. And I, well, I'll keep you here for the next half hour talking. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, as I mentioned earlier, Michael Milton winning his first gold. He went on to just do enormous things in, in, in this country for, for winter sports. Uh, uh, and the other one was at, attaining the, uh, at, uh, being involved with receiving or uh, achieving the, uh, the Sydney 2000 Paralympic Games. That was outside the realm of winter sports at the time, but did keep me he- heavily involved. I've known you over the years as somebody who's championed winter sport in this country. I, I, we wouldn't be where we are and our athletes wouldn't be where we are without the constant amazing work that you've done over the years. It's bloody great to have you on, you little ripper mate, and I, I hope you get some time to watch the games and, and we'll cover as much as we can on you little ripper as well. Excellent. Thank you very much, Kurt.
Yeah, what a great guy. What a legend. Like, I love this movement. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the people within it are just so humble, they're so giving, they're so generous, and they're also so robust as well. Yep. Like how yep. they just kind of they've embraced life and they are running and, and they are they are charging forward with it. And you know what? I just love any chance to catch up with the likes of Ron Finneran is a pretty good pretty good day on my end. <laughs> and hey, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Being an honorary member of the mob, which you did officially induct me in in our first season of You Little Ripper. So just reminding everyone, honorary member of the mob right here, Kurt Fernley, about 13 Paralympic medals, myself, zero. But that, that you know, we're not going into statistics here. It counts for sure. But something that is definitely present within this movement and that you talk so passionately about is love that you have for everyone within it, but also people without it in, who have a disability. But on a wider scale this week, we can't really continue the episode without talking about what we are seeing over the other side of the world in Ukraine right now. There's been a lot of heavy sanctions coming towards Russia, and that has also extended into the sporting field. Uh, the International Olympic Committee made a really pretty hard stance on what they thought about it. But where's the International Paralympic Committee at? Kurt, will the Russian and Belarusian athletes be competing at these games, which start in just a few days' time? We'll find out in about a day mm. <laughs> because the, the IPC, the International Paralympic Committee, are meeting on it. They are discussing it. They are separate to the International Olympic Committee, so they make their own statement and their own policy. Mm. Um, I, uh, my thoughts on it is that... Um, whatever is chosen, it's it's going to be really hard for some of our family, for some of our community. Georgie, all the corners of the world, no matter where you go, the most unseen, unheard, least powerful people in those countries are often people with disabilities. Beyond the, the sport, the Paralympic movement to its core is a movement to empower people with disabilities. The short and simple answer is, we're just going to have to wait and see. But by the next time you tune into You Little Ripple, we'll definitely have an answer there. But again, either way, whatever it goes in that choice, it's going to be some pretty tough times. So a lot of it, a lot of thoughts, again, to our, uh, our Paralympic athletes from all over the world. Uh, the news will come back and we'll talk about it again. But for now, it's a wait and see. I've got to give a big shout out and a thank you to Toyota for making this podcast possible. Uh, they really do back our Paralympians and I am stoked to be working with them. It's so damn exciting. Thank you so much to Toyota. And Kurt, I've got a question for you. What, Georgie? Um, what is this little podcast called of ours? What's this show again? It's You Little Ripper. <laughs> That's it. I've missed it. I've missed the Kurt. The Kurt Yell of You Little Ripper. I've missed chatting to you, sir. It's so great to be back. What a feeling. And we're going to get to talk again very, very soon. <laughs> See ya.